to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today we have Masha Klapanova as our guest today. And she is crushing it in the real estate space. She is a commercial real estate investor who specializes in self-storage and is also an inspirational speaker who in a short time went from zero knowledge of this industry to owning and operating out-of-state self-storage facility. So I'm super excited to hear more about your journey, Masha. Welcome to the show. Yes, Ali. Thank you so much. So excited to be here and uh, we'll share to your audience and add as much value as possible. That's what's the most important. So Masha, how did you even get started with real estate? And can you give us a little bit more insight into your background? Most definitely. Very sure, just my background. I'm Masha from Russia. I came to the United States 11 years ago, pursued different careers. I mean, mainly was event planning. However, I was involved a little bit with the investing world, the real estate. And one day I decided to pursue it very, very seriously. Actually, two years ago, like this is where you can really build that wealth. There is no other better vehicle to create that wealth. And I came back and decided to pursue residential real estate investing. I just paid a hefty price for residential coaching, residential real estate investing, coaching, pursuing wholesaling, flipping, buy and hold. But while learning about it, I discovered that there is commercial world. And I'm like, ooh, commercial world. It's not only for big boys with big pockets and it can be accessible. Is it? Can it be accessible? Can I do it? And self-storage was definitely most attractive to me because of the recession resilience. It was right before the COVID. So we didn't know that COVID was still hitting. And recession resiliency and opportunities that the value adds and minimum operational, minimum maintenance. And I approached my coach and asked her, what does she think about me switching from residential to commercial to self-storage? And usually she's encouraging, but this time she's like, uh, it won't be possible. It will be not possible for you because it's, you have to be like expert in residential first. You need to do a bunch of flipping, flip a bunch of houses, wholesale, buy and hold. And then maybe after like two years, you can pursue. And the answer didn't get me settled. So I decided to keep going. I started asking a lot of people, more experts in self-storage, who's experts in commercial, not someone who's expert in residential. And yes, here we go. I mean, after one year and a half, after one year, we actually closed in our first facility and pursuing right now we are under contract and we should be closing our second facility in January. And both of them out of state, one in North Carolina, I live in Florida, and this one deal is in Texas. So she was wrong. It wasn't me going and proving her that she was wrong, but really it's all possible as long as you put that 100% focus and want to make it happen. What do you think was the biggest barrier to entry for you as you were looking to get into self-storage? And um, this was actually just 
being who I am. I mean, a younger woman, and I thought that I won't be really accepted or respected or taken serious a lot. I watched the movie Banker. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. And there, there's an African-American was trying to pursue commercial real estate and he was not taken serious, but it was like like uh, several decades ago where he had actually he found some white-skinned gentleman who was going to all the negotiation. He was teaching him everything. He was just going, being his face. So I first thought that I will be having my boyfriend do that for me. But honestly, it wasn't the truth. Everybody was in sort of storage and general commercial multifamily space. Everybody were very giving and ready to value add, ready to share, share experiences. And not everybody, but a lot of people were very, very supportive. So that fear of thinking that is I can't, I just had to surpass it and move forward. And it doesn't matter what your background is or who you grew up, where you grew up. It's really all possible, especially connecting with a lot of, there's so many great people that are there to help. Yeah. Sometimes I think we kind of get into our own heads a little bit. We create these scenarios and what we think people perceive us at and what we think are limitations to ourselves based off of our background, our genders, our race or whatever like that. But when you actually get into it, when you have the courage to step up and to try, you kind of realize that those barriers that you have put on yourself, basically, they might not exist, but we create these in our heads. And so what helped to get you that courage to actually take that first step forward? It's um, surrounding myself with the right people and actually getting coaching. Right now, I'm being a part of mindset coaching. I have uh, coaching in real estate, coaching in self-storage. I have my partners. I have people. I have mentors around me. And obviously, first I was asking, how can I get a mentor? But it's really talking to some people and at some point, they can become your mentors. One thing that you come and ask, it's really building those relationships, showing up, do whatever you can and share. I would always like try to help out with whatever I can, whatever knowledge I want. Even though in the beginning I had zero knowledge, I was trying to support with some other knowledge that I had, for example, the marketing background, just an example. So I was there trying to support them on social media, actually supporting their content that they were creating, right? And uh, introducing, I was like, oh, let me introduce this to person to this, just hoping that I can help them both in some way or another. And again, it's coming back, coaching a lot. I'm actually still a part of this great coaching. And over there, I was able to find out sometimes we're blind. We don't even know what we don't know, right? We don't know what our limitations. And for me, number one was uh, is perfectionism. I wanted to be perfect or it won't get done. So that's what's happening. I couldn't put offers in the beginning because I was like, I need to analyze more. I need to analyze more. And then keep going like that with all the situation, like put us posting on social media oh my God, this post is not perfect yet. I need to make it. And then I went, spent an hour creating one little post. So I still have the limitation. It's just that awareness and that constantly surpassing and just moving forward. So I would say it's definitely possibly if you can get a coaching and surround yourself. My partners, they're successful millionaires right now. And being surrounded just by them, seeing how they are doing things. I learned things from them. I'm like, oh, is that doing it? While I'm under contract, I can still try to put something else under contract. So this is my goal. I want to get something under contract. I mean, not something, great self-storage deal, not something. (laughs) A great self-storage deal while I'm still under contract. Because it's possible with having great partnerships with other people, doing it together with others. It's all possible. 
what was it about self-storage that really drew you into that space and made you really want to get into it and got you really excited about learning more about it? First, I remember I heard about it and it was just so exciting. All those potential value ads that you can do. It's a business. Uh, Self-storage, it's a real estate asset, but it's also a business. You need to have a great marketing strategies. You have to have a Google page. Competing, have great reviews on your Google page is obviously creating all those strategies, pricing, well, strategic dynamic pricing. Finding those value ads, how can you improve? Obviously, this is similar to multifamily, but in different matter, where more business oriented, because it's a service business. You're pretty much daily, you have people coming in and living out. It's not like you have a contract for one year in the multifamily space in self-storage. You have monthly contracts, right? So there's obviously also opportunity. You can raise rents right away the next month to those people. And if you don't like some tenant, you can raise rent too and maybe get them out. So it was very unique asset class. And especially I love the people in it. So I started going to webinars when the COVID hit. I started going to all the webinars possible. They started doing so many events online. So I just started connecting. I was like, wow, those are great people. And then I get to meet them in person after one year. I go to in-person conferences. And it's great because especially, and number one fact, I mean, I can say that it's recession resiliency of it. During COVID, everybody's profit just, I mean, skyrocketing. The occupancy, we've been 100% pretty much. I mean, just hitting a little bit, a couple of livings right away, filling up. And this is not only our facility, it's so many other facilities because people are just, there's increased demand for cell storage. So I love its uniqueness. I think it's a completely little bit different asset class that gives you unique opportunities with the lower expense ratio. We only have 35, around 30 to 35 expense ratio. So your profit margins are higher. So it's in a way a bit safer and high returns and just a unique, uh, beautiful model of the business. So what were the steps that you took in order to acquire that first property? And what were the things that you were looking for that made this a good deal for you? So I was looking several deals and this deal came from wholesaler. And for me, obviously, first steps is honestly, in all areas, it's all about relationship building. So for me to find a deal was about relationships. So it's coming from wholesaler. Finding partners, obviously, relationships. Finding funding, relationships. Figuring out how to do underwriting, how to write a business plan, relationships. Someone was sharing me, someone I learned something from coachings, but it was also really learning from others. And so really it's, I think they always say network is your net worth. And I can just, in all areas of investing, it is even in underwriting for me to be able to develop my own underwriting model is grabbing from different people. It's not, I can't say it's completely my model. It's really was getting different people's models putting it together and then creating Marshall's model in a way. <laughs> so it's don't be shy and connect, even like listening to podcasts and hearing someone speak, find them on LinkedIn, find them on Facebook or Instagram and then connect with them and they reach out to them. So that's definitely people reach out to me after if you're interested in self-storage. So yeah, figuring out again, I after underwriting the deal, I wasn't sure I had people to reach out to review my numbers. To review my numbers again, it's relationship because I had it wasn't just a random person reaching out for the first time for help. I built those relationships throughout like several months, and then I reached out for help when it was needed. 
So can you share a little bit about how you were able to make or establish and build up like meaningful relationships with your connections? Definitely. I mean, it's a first is you have to find them somewhere, right? Like I was my both partners, one was from the mastermind I'm attending and another one is from coaching group. So obviously it was continuous showing up, continuous being around those groups and sharing and getting to know each other as a person. So there were really, I had opportunities with other partners. I had someone who was very successful in self-storage field who I could have partnered with, but we didn't, there was also not exactly maybe values. We didn't share exactly the values and we didn't share exactly. I did not know them as well, but by being a part of those coaching and mastermind several times, knowing them through other people, knowing how they treat other people and through that community, I knew I was feeling comfortable. They're good people to partner with because the last thing you want is create a nightmare, right? And get divorced (laughs) in that partnership. So it's keep connecting and giving like help, like I said, helping out with whatever things you can offer something like, especially when you're starting out, you probably don't know as much, but sure, you know so much a lot, maybe not specific. I didn't know about self-storage yet, but I have, I'm coming from different backgrounds, experiences. I knew there's something I was always be able to help out. Like one of the partners, I was also giving some feedback on some marketing stuff, on some design stuff, on some like here idea, just sharing. And again, it's connecting. I think those people that connect others, they're so grateful. So I remember introducing someone to someone and uh, at the end, the level of meaningful relationships. So this is always kind of thinking, coming to a table with how can I support a person instead of just what I can get from them. And maybe it's not always easy, but it's if you're constantly searching, then it becomes a habit of constantly searching for how can you help out others. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Absolutely. So what was the biggest challenge that you had for your first deal as you were acquiring it, you were doing the underwriting, building up your relationships, bringing in partners? What was the most difficult part of getting past your first deal and closing? There was so many, honestly, of them, so many. And before getting under contract, I remember watching this video by Mark Helm, who is well-known. He has his own coaching for self-storage. And I was watching his YouTube video and he says, be prepared. You will have a bunch of roadblocks, a bunch of problems, like stress, but it's okay. It all will be surpassed. It all will be surpassed. So I was really coming with a mindset. It's all will surpassed. I will go through it. Even though I wanted to give up, we couldn't get funding. We couldn't get bank loan. And even though I thought I prepared everything, I've contacted over a hundred banks. I hired even the loan broker. I got a partner who was supposed to, but I did not get a partner that 
guarantees alone who had external storage experience. So that was one. So I didn't get a sponsor or I didn't get somebody who is living in that state. It was North Carolina. None of us was living in North Carolina. So after contacting over a hundred banks, there was no, no, no. I mean, I had first time in my life, I had a hard time sleeping. Like I really couldn't fall asleep. I was waking up at night and it was a nightmare. But luckily, again, through those relationships, we were able to find, we didn't have to go hard money. Thanks God, we ended up going private money. My partners had someone who was willing to invest and give us private money. So it's also, I could have prepared for that better. I was sure we're going to get a bank loan. I was sure with what I've created, the partnership that I've created, because they have experienced commercial real estate. I have a partner who did not guarantee the loan, but he had self-storage experience. So I thought I created that powerful partnership that's going to get a loan. And no, we did not. So it's also preparing. There could be creative way of getting a loan is maybe partial get a bank loan and then partial get a private loan. But the time was so ticking that I was sure we're going to get a bank loan. So have plan B, plan C, plan D, just especially if it's your first. And if it's not, just have those options in the back. Wow, 100 banks. That's incredible. And that's over, over 100 banks. That's a lot of no's. And so, a lot of people, if they've encountered after several no's or one no, they would tend to maybe perhaps give up or they might see that there's no path going forward. But what was really driving you to continue and pushing forward to really look for a solution so that you can meet your goal and end up closing on this? What really was that driving factor for you? Honestly, I mean, like the time when I wanted just to break down, it was knowing that I'm doing it just so much more than for me or for that getting that commercial asset class asset. It was what I'm doing. My big why. And my big why is find home for a million of dogs, find a loving home. And this is what will require I am uh, pursuing. We're doing also capital raising right now for the second deal. We're doing capital raising. And I know through these skills in the future, I will be able to also, I would love to do a fundraising event. I'm coming from event industry. So I want to do fundraising events and create a program for dogs and be able to create foster program. And it's all possible if I can influence others to do the same and those others can influence others to do the same. So it's creating a social media presence. So long story short is looking at my dog and understanding there are so many of them just getting killed in shelters. They're abandoned. Some people doing horrible things and then just they've been in home and then they end up being in shelter and then killed. It's just, that's when I was like, for them, I'll do anything. So it's having the demand and maybe for others, it can be kids. It can be, you know, human trafficking. I think it's all of those environment is great causes. I mean, being particularly choosing just one cause can move you forward when things that just, you will care less at the moment about you because you actually want to, I wanted to get out and save myself from that misery of having over hundred snows, right? <laughs> I wanted to get out of it, but I knew that if I will stop there, I won't go towards my saving millions finding home for millions of 
dogs. Absolutely. Especially when you have that why big enough, like you mentioned, it really helps to drive and then continues to help motivate you to accomplish those goals. And you're really doing something great because the dogs don't really have much of a choice on their own. They don't have the freedom to voice up what happens to them and they don't have control over that, but they need someone like you who's able to help them find and find safety, find a good home to be placed in and everything like that. So it's a, it's a really good why. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, it's 100% in our hands to make them change. They cannot do anything about it. So I want to be the change. I know one day when I'm somebody's looking at my grave and say, wow, Masha did this in the world. She changed this world. She made it for better. And I'll be finding peace somewhere, knowing that she'd done something big for this world. So it definitely drives me like crazy to keep moving forward. Yeah. So what's next for you, Masha? You've closed a couple of deals so far and you're working on your third one. What are, what are you looking to do next? So we are actually closed on one deal. I want to oh, just specify. <laughs> yes, yes, no, no problem. I was working towards actually building, expanding on our first deal. And it was really exciting, but our market was a bit too low income. So building there with all the steel prices that we're raising, it didn't make sense. So I still want to pursue it because I've, connected. I mean, I learned and I get experience so much with building, just not, it wasn't the right place to build. So what I want to pursue is a more, not even building development, conversion projects. So conversion projects is that, for example, an empty retail space or warehouse, let's say Kmart bankrupt, closed down. And now there's a huge space in the middle of the city. That's so many, you can really do it without much with it. And it usually stays empty for a long time. And the greatest usage could be self-storage is converting that. You already have structure in place. You are probably located in a great area with great demand. I mean, obviously after doing the studies and analyzing that, but those are very lucrative projects. And whoever done conversion projects, the investors that have done it, I know they want to do those projects because those were the most lucrative. And obviously having investors. I mean, this is not me. I'm having my partners. We have other investors. We want to find the best what's possible in this market. Self-storage is very hot now. You can't find as many great deals as you could even find when I started. And it wasn't too long ago. So it's really finding those creative ways. So it's first, it's conversion project. And second is, I'm very about both in RV storages too. Besides keep acquiring is building the team and having a bit different asset, which is both an RV. And there's so much demand for RVs after COVID happened. So many people don't want to go travel. They have their RVs. So there, you can't, so many people has RV, they can't find their storage for them. So this is building a storage, both an RV storage. This is our second type of project that we are focusing on right now. And how has real estate investing impacted your life? It's actually impacted in, I never been in the industry and I know any industry where we also much strive to become a better human beings. First of all, we all talk first about mindset. I remember just getting to investing world. Like they all talk about mindset. Why it's I first was like, why it's a boring topic. I want to get to numbers. <laughs> Take me to numbers, right? Or get me that I want to know how to find deal. Why are you talking to me about mindset? And it's so crucial because it's mindset not only helps you with investing, it helps you in your relationships, in your life, in your health, right? In your lifestyle. And then you're impacting others, like impacting your loved ones around you, your friends. And so real estate investing 
impact me as being a better human being, a better human being for me, for people around me and for this world. Actually creating this big why came from investing world. So I want to now do this huge transformational change because of that. So I think it's beautiful. It's besides just the money part, what people more first think about investing is so much more. It's building that generational wealth of maybe financial, but also wealth of knowledge. And yeah, I love this. I'm so happy I got into this. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Is definitely it's relationships and mindset is really having, I wish I built some stronger relationships. Sometimes networking is great, but it's actually being more focused on specific, I mean, maybe groups of people or instead of just trying to know everybody, right? It's definitely that, but it's also building that team. Oh, oh, I'll tell you exactly actually. Hiring a virtual assistant earlier. We feel like it's virtual assistant. It's later on when you're more established. It Virtual assistant could have helped me establish so much earlier and be able to delegate. You don't need to hire. I started with just five hours a week with someone. It's very affordable. Whoever have full-time jobs, especially, you can definitely do it. You can support it financially and just having someone supporting you with whichever, they can do everything so much for you. It will require a lot of training. It took me to train. It still takes me time to figure out all this formula, how to delegate. But again, getting your team, it's not only virtual, it's um, finding those partners. Don't try to get yourself and be greedy and get everything for yourself. I'm so happy I'm sharing this piece of pie. I found that deal and I found this deal and I could have maybe tried to pursue it in a way myself and be greedy. But no, I know that with them, we're growing together. We can build so much together. And I know we can keep growing and pursue bigger projects with having that delegation, which is virtual assistants and having partners with you. Yeah. Someone once said, you know, I'd rather have a little bit of juice from a whole watermelon than a hundred percent of juice from one small grape, because you're able to achieve so much more by working with other people and building up these relationships. Because in this business, especially we're building up long-term relationships. We're not doing one-off transactions that this is it. You know, we want to build long-term relationships. Exactly. Exactly. I love that comparison with fruits. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, Masha, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and what you're doing in the space, where's the best place that they can go? Definitely go to my website, topchoiceinvestmentgroup.com or mclap.com, which is mklap.com. And over there, you can connect with me. You can schedule a call. You can learn about me speaking about previous podcasts on different conferences, as well as what we do as investing in our next project. And just connect with me also on any social media, Marshall Klapanova. There's no other Marshall Klapanova there. So, and just LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, all over those media. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Masha. Thank you so much, Eileen. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. 
Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.